0: Thanks for listening to KYUK. I'm Evan Erickson. We're back this week with our new series, Field Notes, a show where we take you along with us while we travel throughout the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. This week, we are tagging along with KYUK's senior reporter, Emily Schwing, who is currently traveling the middle section of the Yukon River. She's following a team of scientists who are looking for signs of dinosaurs along the riverbanks. I caught up with her in Nulato where she sat down with an elder who is teaching members of her community the old ways of cutting whitefish. Hey Emily, how are things in Nulato?
1: Hi Evan, things are going really well in Nulato and, you know, parts beyond here on the Yukon River.
0: Um Emily, one of the things that I know everyone has been thinking about is fishing. Um, Have you had a chance to talk to anyone about how they're dealing with the tight restrictions on king salmon and chum over the last few years?
1: Yes, I was really fortunate to get a chance to catch up with one of Nulato's elders, Luana Summer. Her family's fish camp is about a 12-mile trip downriver from the village, and although she says it's her favorite place, she hasn't been there since 2019.
2: I'm from here, from Nulato. But I was born in the fish camp 84 years ago. <laughs> we go to camp in the fall time. Then after Christmas we come in for Christmas. Then we go out for beaver trapping. Stay out beaver trapping till Easter Sunday. Then after Easter Sunday, we move back out to camp again for the spring. After break up, we come home. Then we go to fish camp again. This year around, like that. So I didn't have very much school. And the most I went to, I think, was, well, I say third great. Probably fork, but. I made it hurt, because I didn't finish school, too much camp.
1: <laughs> Luana's is the last family in Nalado with an active smokehouse. Her daughter and granddaughter have been working with her all summer to cut, hang, and dry fish. And she's been teaching anyone in the village who wants to learn the old ways of cutting fish. Most of what they're working with is whitefish and she-fish. Okay.
2: And white fish, sheaf fish, and silvers, kings, dog, salmon, they all got different tastes. But they're nice. If they're nice and rich, they're good, good to cut. I cut everything nice I get a hold of.
1: What do you like about cutting fish?
2: I don't know. I just love working at fish. It's, I guess I just grew up with it and I just wouldn't. I learned lots from my mom. So, she used to like to fish her too. So. I guess I was just born in fish camp, so I just love camp.
0: <laughs> well, that was a really great interview. It really puts things in perspective to see how recently it was that people along the Yukon River were living year-round subsistence lifestyles. Have you seen anyone actually fishing along the river during your trip?
1: So she fish are just starting to hit here in the Nilato River. And Luana and her daughter Flora Nikolai are also expecting the silver salmon to come in soon. So they anticipate being really busy over the next couple weeks. But otherwise, no, I really haven't seen anyone fishing. There are no fish wheels in the water between here and Galena, which is upriver. And I'm traveling by boat, so we have passed a lot of camps, but all of them are boarded up and they don't look like they've been used in a long while.
0: How, how do you think people are coping in general?
1: Yeah, so people do have some pretty good attitudes around here, though. They're really hopeful. One elder here in Nalato told me he thinks fisheries managers should start seriously considering hatcheries on the river. And two other men that live here say what they don't have in fish, they make up with in moose and birds that they hunt Um, they told me it's really important to keep up good spirits and take care of each other
0: well that's good that you're hearing some reports of optimism you're also reporting on some work that a small team of scientists are doing along the river this summer when we last talked to you you said they were looking for dinosaur footprints that were discovered a decade ago, have they found anything?
1: Yeah, they actually have. It's kind of a dinosaur bonanza out here, Evan.
0: That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about what they found?
1: Well, we left Galena last Thursday, and we didn't even make it 40 miles down river before we found a spot with over a dozen footprints that were left by dinosaurs. There's also a trace fossil left by a fish, and there are tons of ancient leaves and fossilized plant material. The lead on this project, his name is Tony Fiorillo, he's a paleontologist, he's pretty excited about it. Here's what he had to say after the first couple of days of the trip.
2: And I've been on enough projects taking enough shots in the dark that it usually takes a couple days um, to find something and it's just noon now on day two. So really in 24 hours we've added information about who lived here, um, the animals. We've added information about the plants. And so it's just going to get better and better.
1: Since then, Evan, the team has more than doubled the number of dinosaur tracks that they have found. They're relying on an academic paper that was published back in 1989 to locate the kinds of rock where dinosaur tracks are likely to be found. So far, what the rocks are telling us is that the dinosaurs who were here lived in this rich deltaic environment. So think of the Mississippi River Delta. We found these huge petrified logs that indicate the trees here were really large at the time. And there are also these giant fossilized leaves. One is eight inches long.
0: Well, that's fascinating to think back what it must have looked like during those times. Uh, The question I want to know is what kind of dinosaurs are these?
1: Yeah, great question. So... There are tracks left by lots of 10- to 12-foot-long plant-eating dinosaurs. They're called ornithopods. There are also two tracks from a meat-eater called a theropod. One of the researchers also discovered a track with four toes, which was likely left by this armored dinosaur called an ankylosaur. And they've also recorded this huge bird track from a species known as Magno avipis. Think of kind of like a giant sandhill crane.
0: Sounds like it's really shaping up to be a cool story. Um, Where are you headed next?
1: Well, we're going to just keep picking our way down the riverbanks toward Caltag and maybe villages beyond. We still have over a week left on the river, so I'll be here looking for more dinosaur tracks and talking with more people who live out here about what's been going on with the fish. And just a quick shout-out before I sign off, Evan – I want to thank the tribal administration here in Nalato for all of their hospitality, especially Martha Turner. She's just been so helpful and welcoming and has made it possible for me to get you this story by way of their Internet connection.
0: Well, we are glad to hear it all worked out and thank you for filling us in on how your trip's going. And we hope to hear back from you soon as you continue your journey down the Yukon River. That was KYUK's Emily Schwing and I catching up during her trip along the middle section of the Yukon River. If you have thoughts about this journey, questions for Emily, or want to tell us about your experience with subsistence on the Yukon River this year, you can email us at news at kyuk.org. That's news at kyuk.org.